I remember Tammy laughing at me because at the early days, she says, why are you cutting the grass in blue jeans? (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, it's just what you felt was right, you know, but you had the zeal but not knowledge of all those things. Don't you praise the Lord for grace now, brother? You can cut it in shorts. Yes. Salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us has a unique story of how that takes place. In this series of podcasts, members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is my Grace Life story. Welcome into another episode of My Grace Life Story. My name is Matt. I'm the Senior Associate Pastor at Grace Life Church of the Shoals. Brother Tim Martin is here helping us run the podcast today. And we have with us this morning Chris and Tammy Berryman. Chris and Tammy, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Glad to be here. Good. Glad that you guys are here. We're going to kick this episode off just like we do all of our episodes by letting you guys just tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, not looking for your testimony right now, but just tell us a little bit about who you are and where you grew up, things of that sort, and then we'll go from there. So, Chris, we're going to start with you. Okay. Well, I'm Chris Berryman. I grew up in Sheffield, obviously married to Tammy. I am the child of James and Linda Berryman that go to church here. All right. How long have you and Tammy been married? It'll be 35 years this year. 35 years. Does it feel like 35 years? No. Tammy, does it feel like 35 years to you? Yes. Okay. All right. So there's a little differences there. <laughs> yes. All right. Go. Keep going, Chris. Mm-hmm. Also, Michelle, Norman Ferris, that's my sister and brother-in-law. They go to church here yeah. along with Tyler, which is my nephew. Yeah. Y'all's whole bunch is just all intertwined at Grace Life, right? That's correct. Yeah. That's well, good. That's Glenn good Stevenson is my uncle. That's right. He goes yeah. here. Yeah. 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 Um, our children went here, which is Greg, Marissa, and Heather. They went here right. years ago, and yeah. Heather is still a member here along with yeah. her husband, Russ. And then you've got grandkids that are now going here, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Ansley, Emmett, and Quinn all there go here. Go. Members yeah. here. Well, there's a bunch of y'all. I'll soon to be members. Y'all should just mark off some pews and just keep them for you guys <laughs> for the future, right? It's <laughs> yep. always going to happen. So what do you do for a living, Chris? I work at Browns Ferry Nuclear Plant as an instrument mechanic, okay. which is part of maintenance. Yeah. A lot of people not familiar with that, but... Yeah. Not electrician, not a mechanical maintenance guy, kind of in between, okay. deal with all the logic control stuff at the, gotcha. at the nuclear plant. How long have you been doing that? 30 years this past October. 30 years. Wow. All right. Good. Okay, great. Thanks for filling us in. Okay, Tammy, a little bit about you. Well, I'm Tammy Berryman, and I have been married to Chris for 35 years in August. All right. We get down to the month. Yeah, there you um, go. I have three children, as he mentioned, Craig, Merson, Heather, nine grandchildren, and I love being a grandmother yeah. to them and just investing in their lives when I can. Okay. I grew up in Tuscumbia, Alabama. All right. I was born in Chicago, Illinois. Came to Alabama when I was 15 months old. Wow. And I've been here ever since. Yeah. So you're a transplant into the Shoals area. That's, but you've been here all your life. I so have, pretty much, yes. Shoals as being yes. Native. Yes. All right, good. So, Chris, let's start with you again. Just share with me a little bit about your testimony and when you came to know the Lord. Um, you know, just kind of walk us walk us through how the Lord's worked in your life over all these years. All right. Well, I said I was the child of James and Linda Berryman. I grew up in their home, which is also my sister Michelle, which it was what you call a Christian home from our understanding. Lived through there, but didn't really, that's what me and Tammy were talking about, didn't really gather any doctrinal understanding at all. Okay. I remember singing songs. I remember that's where I learned how music worked, but just didn't gather any of that doctrinal understanding when I was younger. And okay. then around 16, I got to noticing that the people at church, most of them 
that the church we went to were doing the same things I were doing, so why did I really need it? So, so talk to me a bit about, about church life. And I know when Norman and Michelle, we've had them on the podcast, and so I know she talked a little bit about this. But um, what was church life for you at that point? Were you engaged, did you feel like, in church life? Or was it more of, hey, mom and dad said, get ready, we're going to church, and so... I, you know, I'm, I'm going to church is what we're doing. Hey, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, we went pretty regular my whole life. But as I was a teenager, what I remember most is we we went fairly regular. Went to mm-hmm. Sunday school. Then it wasn't, wasn't small groups there. It was Sunday right. school. But, you know, I was being taught by a person that was not a whole lot older than I was. He was like an older teenager, and I was a, just, a, just a beginning teenager. Okay. Know, just driving, that kind of thing. But it was a Nazarene church, and okay. it didn't seem to teach the doctrinal understandings that we have now. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of studied a little bit into it, but it was more of a works type thing okay. from my understanding. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with the Nazarene church. Obviously, I know we have still a few of them. I don't think there's a lot of them here in the Shoals area, but there's a few of them. And so uh, doctrinally speaking, I mean, you said you studied it a little bit, and it was more of a works base. You know, what else was taught in the Nazarene church? You may not even remember. It's been a long time ago, but... Yes, Tammy and I talked about it. That's what I don't remember. I'm, I know that they preached. I know we sang songs and we had, you know, small groups. But the doctrinal part, it just, just wasn't there. was oblivious to my understanding. Okay. I yeah. I got now, you. Now, I know we were taught to be good, taught to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, thank you. Right. You know, that kind of stuff through mom and dad. That's just the way they raised us. Yeah. Taught to be a very good moral person. Yeah. Understood right from wrong and good and bad. Mm-hmm. But just as, you know, do I need to be saved by the blood of Jesus? That that I don't remember being hammered Emphasize, into yeah. my spirit. Yeah, I got you. I, I know, you know, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but just uh, those those types of things always bring me back to I, I, when I was a very young child. And again, as a very young child, how much do you remember? I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I was in a, a Methodist church setting. Uh, that, that's what, um, you know, my parents originally kind of the church we were attending was a United Methodist church. And a lot of good people there. Uh, again, I was a kid, so... Uh, you know, my attention span probably wasn't very good, but I don't remember a lot of real gospel preaching in that setting. I do remember a lot about, you know, moralism, be good, be a good neighbor, do right. A little bit like what you're saying, Chris, you know, about you know, have good manners, but, but not a lot about the sinfulness of man, not a lot about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that it's by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. I'm not saying it wasn't there. Could have been there, and I just wasn't paying attention. But I don't remember that being an emphasis in the in the local church that I was growing up in as um, as a very young kid in the Methodist church. And so, sounds like maybe some of that same type of atmosphere in the Nazarene church as well. Would that be correct? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So you grow up Christian home, hearing some, you know, some good moral lessons, I guess. But talk to me a little bit about when did you first begin to really hear the gospel? When do you remember hearing somebody confronting you with gospel truth, confronting you with gospel preaching? What, what pl- at what point did that take place in your life? Well, after Tammy and I got married. Which, you know, so you, and you guys were how old when you got married? I was 20. Okay. She was just had turned 20. Okay. So we right. met. She was 19. All right. Got you. And so 20 then, years old now at yep, this point. Okay. 20 years old. And my mama, sweet as she is, you know, not badgering, she would just call and say, hey, won't y'all go to church with us this week? So finally we did, yeah. you know, just... Were you guys unchurched at this point when you got married? Like kind of just, hey, we're just going to do our yep. thing. and Okay, so Just, just kind of out there. Gotcha. Yep, doing our own thing. You know, and that's kind of when I met her. Yeah. And so we just started going. And it was a little church over 
right off the football practice field here in Muscle Shoals, Shoals Bible okay. Baptist. Yeah. That's where mm-hmm. we started going. Yeah. And Ron Justice was the pastor. That's where I think we, and really I think God was working on Tammy more than me because I was a good person. Yeah. I was okay. Yeah. In my mind, I yeah. was okay. You didn't need anything, right? Mm-hmm. You were no, good. <laughs> I was good. Didn't understand that I needed uh, my yeah. sins to be washed. Right, right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was dirty and unclean. But yeah. So he started working on her, and we were hearing the gospel there. Okay. And he worked on Tammy first. And, okay. And, and yeah. that's when I started kind of seeing that there's more to this than just being a good, moral, right. kind person. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So let's pause right there. So you're 20. Hearing the gospel now, and let me kind of jump over here to Tammy. So, Tammy, kind of walk me through a little bit what Chris just did. You know, growing up, were you hearing the gospel, not hearing the gospel? Um, you know, talk, talk to me a little bit about that part of your life. Well, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Okay. Mine's totally different from Chris's. Okay. Um, I grew up with a lot of, just a lot of ungodly influences in my life. The family I grew up with was my adopted family. The father I grew up with was very abusive, mm. just in all kind of relationships with my brothers and myself, my mother, just a lot of painful. And so when Chris and I met, I was, I had a son. I had him end of my junior year. And um, so it was just a long road during those times with, yeah. between 16 and the time I met Chris. So, so at that point in your life, Tammy, is there any... Was there anybody, you know, when you're a teenager, when you're growing up, was there a church that ever visited you? Was there uh, a friend that maybe was a Christian that from time to time would say, hey, Tammy, you want to come to church with me? Was there any sort of gospel witness that was going on in your life? Well, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. We went to church at Carver Heights Baptist. Well, it was actually Carver Heights Missionary Baptist. Okay. But we were not faithful to that church. Like we would go during Christmas, Father's Day, Mother's Day. I remember going to VBS. Okay. I remember eating cookies yeah. in the back of the church. And um, I heard, you know, songs. I heard preaching. But we didn't have the home life of that. It never mm-hmm. went any further than that. Okay. So it would go, you go to church, you come home, and the same thing would happen over and over again. Yeah. And so after that, you know, I had, I had found myself expecting a baby at the end of my junior year. I was living on my own at that time, my son and I, and uh, get a knock at my door. And it's him. And so we've, that's how we met. Okay. He literally knocked on my door. And four months later, we were married. We were expecting our second child, uh, my second child. And then his parents invited us. Yeah. And we started going to church. Through all of those, those years of just didn't understand what life was about. So no, your question was, did anybody really talk to me or witness to me, a friend? I didn't have any of that. I was so dead spiritually. Did not know mm-hmm. it. But I was... There was no hope for me, so to speak, I felt. I remember searching out a pastor behind where I lived in Russellville at the time, knocked on their door, and was looking for something. Mm. So I do remember that, and I do remember my grandmother giving me a big white Bible. And I hated who I was. Mm. I didn't like who I was. I didn't know what to do as a young mother. And at one point, I remember at night opening that big white Bible I'm gonna, it's just one of those like coffee table like Bibles. Yes, the big okay, white yeah, ones. Like, you know, the ones you could like, you know, anchor a boat with. Yes, right? it says yeah. Holy Bible on okay. it. Yep. Okay. And so I remember, remember opening it to Genesis and thought, I want to be different. I didn't like who I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, I was probably more ashamed of who I was mm-hmm. as a young mother. It wasn't the child, it was me. And I thought, I'm going to be different. I'm going to change before I met him. Mm-hmm. Starting in Genesis and got into Genesis, Leviticus, Exodus all those and didn't understand a lot of those names. Yeah. And so I just shut it. Okay. And then two weeks, uh, the 
the lady that lived next door to me, she said, you know, we're never going to have anything in, pretty much in life. You know, you've got a child. I've got, you know, she had um, some other issues going on. But anyway, about two weeks I said that, that's when I got that knock at the door. Mm-hmm. And I believe God was working on me, revealing my sin to me sure. before I met Chris. Yeah. Looking back on that. Uh, and his parents inviting us and sitting on the preaching of the Word for about a year before the Lord saved me. I just felt like there was no hope. You know, nobody wanted somebody with a child. I didn't know what love was. And um, when I heard the gospel for the first time, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, it just apprehended my heart. Hmm. It, I had a purpose in life. Back up just a little bit, Brother Matt. How I came to Alabama, my biological mother, through circumstances, I came to a family here in Alabama and lived with that family. So not wanted, I felt all my life I wasn't wanted or right. loved. But when you hear the gospel for the first time, and that there's a, that God loves you and that he sent his son to die for you and that you can be whiter than snow. And that's, God did that for me. Yeah. He gave yeah. me hope. And yes, I was, I was vile. I was wicked. I, I saw my sin, not because I was raised in an ungodly home. Yes, I was, but it was my sin. Sure. It was, I did those things. Mm-hmm. So through that, that's it. Re- the repentance and faith, you know, that's how I became born again. Yeah. I was saved at December the 17th. I know the date, mm-hmm. 1989. I was forever changed, yeah. and I, I know that was the Lord. Amen. Let me rewind just a minute to, okay. to something you were just talking about there. When you are, are searching, looking, you know, hey, there's got to be got to be something out here. You know, when you knock at the door, I think you said you went to a pastor's house and just knocked at the door. Was, was he there? He was. Okay, so— It was a Church of God church. Okay, so what, what did— did you have conversation? I I was, what, how did that go? I was just—his wife was there as well. I had, you know, my son with me, went over there, knocked on the door. I just—I mean, I was broken at that point. I don't know, looking back on it, I don't know if I was having emotional problems from childhood. I don't know this why I knocked on his door. Sure. And uh, he brought me in, sat with me with his wife. We talked. But I, the gospel was never— like, oh, you need Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. you need you need Christ is what you're looking for. That was not, right. it's like I left empty. So, so I just so was this message just one more of, um, hey, I'll pray for you, or it hey, was that, I hope you do better? Yes, or? like I said, you know, I was 19 at that time, maybe 18 and a half, 18, when that happened. I don't, I, there was nothing. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. There was nothing. Okay. Yeah. I just remember wow. knocking on his door, mm. coming to, because I think he lived in like a trailer there behind uh, the little apartment that I lived in. I just was wanting help. Sure. I don't know how to describe it. No, but I just no, wanted help. So, yeah, amen. So, so you guys obviously, you know, you meet, you get married, and 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 Chris's parents invite you to to church where you begin to hear the gospel. Talk to me a little bit about you know as you hear preaching, and and it sounds like the Lord was already, as you've said to him, He was awakening you to the reality of who you were apart from Christ, more so than Chris at this point, because Chris kind of had the. Man, I'm doing good. You know, I, I'm a good guy here, and so the, so the Lord hadn't quite started getting him there, but but you were there, and it, it, you know, it's like the the Lord had already plowed the soil of your heart a bit, and so as you began to hear the Word of God preached, like you said, you can remember, um, you know, the Lord saving you. Got the, the the even the day you can remember when that happened, and so, you know, what was that like? Consistently being under preaching, consistently being a part of a, a church. Uh, obviously, you had been, but more of a 
hit the holiday highlights of the church calendar year as a child. So so a lot of that was probably new for you, I'm assuming, kind of a weekend, week out attendance at church, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Yes, just sitting under the preaching of the word, I think, for about a year. I knew that I was, it was pointing my sin out, mm-hmm. that I was undone before God, that mm-hmm. I remember him preaching that you must repent of your sins. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. must come to Christ. It's not by works, anything that you can do. I remember him talking about your, you being filthy, filthy rags before holy God. Yeah. I knew I was that. Mm-hmm. I knew the life that I lived, the things I did. And I remember him, remember him saying, you must call out to God to save you. You must. And um, sitting in that pew, I mean, I did that. They did have the, the, the altar call. I remember sitting there. Should I go up, tell him that the Lord's saving me? What should I do? Mm-hmm. But just the preaching of God's word that you need Jesus, repentance, mm-hmm. is, was a big thing for me. You must repent of your sins. Amen. And I remember going to the altar before I, I, I went to the, to, to the pastor and I said, Jesus saved me. You know, I called out for Jesus to save me. Mm-hmm. And to, uh, to, to be a new person. And he said, well, you get along with God. And then, because I can't save you. Yeah. And I knelt right there at the altar, so to speak. And I was confessing my sins. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I stayed there for a very long time. And I thought, I'm confessing every single sin that I ever did. <laughs> your whole life flashed Everything. before your, your prayer life at that time. Everything. Right? Yeah. And oh. I can recall so many things that I did that was so ungodly that how could he love me? Mm. How could he forgive someone like me? Right. I finally got up, went to the pastor, and he said, we'll talk about, you know, baptism, you mm-hmm. know, and I think I was baptized the next Sunday. Yeah. But I know without a doubt, you know, that it was the preaching of God's word that, yeah. that pierced my heart, that I was a sinner before a holy God, and that it's, without him I would die yeah. and spend eternity in hell. Yeah. And um, so... Okay, good. Chris, uh, okay, I'm interested, you know, God's kind of, he was working in Tammy's life and, you know, awakening her to some of these things. Were you guys having conversations about this as you begin to visit church? I mean, you know, because you were, you know, you were on a little different page at this point. Your spirit of God hadn't really started really convicting you of your sins. So, I mean, were you guys conversing about this and were you starting to think, what in the world is going on? I mean, you know, Tammy's coming to me with all these conversations and I thought we were doing good. I thought we were cruising along. So what's that like right now? There were many questions Okay, she had, and she would ask me, and I'm like, I don't know. You'll have to ask Brother Ron. So she was wearing Brother Ron out. He said, <laughs> I, I remember at one point he said, I wish I had everybody in the church like you, right, like Tammy, because she was questioning about, yeah. what does this mean? What does yeah. this mean? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and right. I didn't have those answers. So I was being awakened, in. I didn't know that at that point yeah, because sure. she's— sharing the scripture with me, trying to get me to answer questions that I had mm-hmm. no clue about. Yeah. Zero. Gotcha. So is that, as, as, as she's asking questions, obviously you're sitting under the preaching of God's word, you know, walk me through a little bit as on how the Lord begins to, you know, open your eyes to see your sin and, and, and ultimately to trust in Christ. Well, we were, we were going, we were pretty faithful. What I remember most Sundays we were there mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, hearing the messages, I don't, I don't really remember them at that point, but we became really good friends with the pastor's son and, and his future wife. Okay. So that was December when she got saved. Well, in July, we decided as a, two couples to go to it's near Clearwater Beach, Florida, to a church camp. That's what they called them. Okay. You know, these churches put on big church camps, like a revival. You yeah, go sure. down there to this church camp, they pay your room and board, they pay you three meals. All you got to do is show up to services. Gotcha. But we saw it as, or I saw it as, 
uh, easy. Free beach trip. Yeah, trip to Florida, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were young, didn't have a whole lot uh, yeah, of money. I'll go to Clearwater, sure, if you're going to foot the bill for all of this. And, and I think we all kind of were on that page. That, okay. Hey, we get, and, and, you know, you get to hear preaching too. Sure. So while we were down there, Sammy Allen was one of the main speakers. Mm-hmm. And he preached on sin and how filthy you are before a holy God. And on July 5th, which was day after Independence Day, we I think we had kind of skipped out on the services that we should have went to. Mm-hmm. Well, he was preaching on sin very hard, very heavy, right. and it, my heart was wide open for that. Mm. Wow, amen. And he was preaching to me. Yeah. One of those moments where you felt like, is there anybody else in this room? Because it feels like you're aiming at me here. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, it didn't matter that Tammy was beside me, anybody else was beside me. I was the only one in that room. And... I surrendered my heart and life to Christ that day. Mm-hmm. And I remember it, but, and I don't know what they were doing. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> you knew what God was doing in your life. That's right. That I knew at that right. moment he was preaching to me and that I needed to submit myself, repent of my sin, right. submit myself to the holy God of heaven. Yeah. Amen. And I did that. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, All right. So so let, let's walk from here. So, you know, God's worked in both your lives a handful of months apart, um, you're five, six months apart, you know, Tammy, you in December, and then Chris, you sometime there and uh, on the Clearwater trip. And uh, so how does, you know, how does the gospel begin to change you guys' lives? Because, you know, up, up to this point, you, you hadn't known the Lord, but you're already married at this point and, and, and kids. And so how, how does God begin to transform? And, and look, I know it's, I know sometimes we can have this pie in the sky view of, hey, God saved me. And, hey, man, everything's just great now, you know, and, and some people get that. Praise the Lord for that. But then I know there's the rest of us that the Lord has to progressively kind of sanctify us and begin to teach us. And so what did that look like in the Berryman home now? God saved you. No daddy's giving you a new heart. And now how does that begin to transform life? And I'll let either one of you guys kind of get started down that road. Well, for me, it was a lot of repenting still of my sin. Things drastically changed for me, Brother Matt. I mean, like everything I once did, I no longer desire to do. Whether it was listen to ungodly music, whether it was you know, drinking here and there, I no longer wanted to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be spirit-filled because I learned that at that church, to be right. spirit-filled, to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And I wanted to please Him in everything. And I probably went way legalistic on some okay. things right. because I was, it's not that I was afraid of God, but I wanted to be so pleasing to Him. Mm-hmm. And as Second Corinthians says, you know, 517 is that you're a new creation. And that meant that I was brand new. And so I was very hard, probably on myself, but as I grew, I learned to trust in the Lord more, mm-hmm. that it's not about you being good, it's not about you walking the straight path, because He's the one that's going to convict you of sin as you go. So I was trying to do, I feel like in my heart, to walk pleasing to Him in all that I did. I was pretty much convicted of everything that I did that, that was wrong. <laughs> so for me, it was just a lot of repenting still. And I had to work through a lot of things in my life from my past. And so that was, I was still carrying that thing with me. That didn't change, mm-hmm. you know, your memories from your childhood or sure. all of those things didn't change. So I went through a very difficult, I think him and I went through a very difficult time being a young married couple with three children. I had my last child at the age of 23. So there's just a lot of repentance in our home. Anger, I had a lot of issues with my anger. Mm-hmm that we had to work through, and um, as husband and wife, the way, just different things, he would do things, I didn't like it. We had to work through a lot of things, yeah. and uh, but God has has been so good to do that for him, and I. Mm-hmm. I had a zeal that was 
very strong for the Lord, mm. but the knowledge was <laughs> was very minimal. So, you know, anything we heard, we we soaked it in. But looking back, we went extreme with it. You know, so and and some were the teachings of the church that you were at. You know, mm-hmm. they were very staunch about maybe dresses and shorts and those kind of things. Sure. It's like, yes, I got to do that. Right. Yes, I got to do that. Right. So, I remember Tammy laughing at me because. At the early, early days, she says, why are you cutting the grass in blue jeans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's like, it's just what you felt was right, you yeah, know, but right. you had the zeal but not knowledge of Man. all those Don't things. Don't you praise the Lord for grace now, brother? You can uh-huh. cut it in shorts. Yes. <laughs> well, the, the word Tammy will bring out probably here in a little bit was balance. Yeah. We, we lacked balance. We did. Yeah. We were young yeah. and just growing in Christ and... Right. We love the Lord, sure. and you had to be taught. You had to find that balance of what's right and wrong in the mm-hmm. scriptures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I can't remember who the first person was that or that I heard say this, but they they likened our sanctification to you, you think of those old grandfather clocks that had the big pendulum, you know, that would swing back and forth. And uh, I can't remember which theologian said this, but he said our sanctification is is like that pendulum and that grandfather clock, and it swings one way. Then it swings the other way. And sanctification occurs when it begins to swing less and less to either side and to fall somewhere into a biblical balance right in the middle. And, you know, for all of us, I, I don't know that, you know, this side of heaven, we never completely rest right there in the biblical, perfect biblical balance of things. But hopefully maturity through the years is that that pendulum still swings because we still struggle with sin and we still... Uh, you know, have misunderstandings of what God's Word is teaching at times, but hopefully it doesn't swing as wide as it once did. But all of us as believers, especially as new Christians, boy, that pendulum can swing a long way before, you know, the Holy Spirit and through God's Word begins to show us, you've gone too far right here, and uh, we've got to come back. So, all right, so you guys are growing in the Lord, and I know we're going to kind of fast forward here a little bit, but... Talk to me a little bit now. You, you, you've been converted. You're, you're growing in the Lord. You have a zeal. You're, you're seeking God's Word. God's changing your lives. At what point in your journey do you ultimately get to Grace Life? I'm assuming we were first Baptists when you guys first came, yes. but this is your Grace Life story. That's who we are now. So at what point do you get to Grace Life? How do you get here? Did somebody invite you? Did you just walk in and say, we're going to give this place a shot? Talk to me about that. Well, through circumstances that I don't even really remember them all, we ended up Leaving shows Bible Baptist, and we moved into a home on Washington. Okay, right where Brown Street and the high school right. and all that kind of meet. Well, and some neighbors across the street were moving in. Well, they stopped by and shared was going to share the gospel witness to us, which we were believers. Mm-hmm. So we shared that with them. They said, "Well, we're starting this new church. Why don't y'all come to church with us?" Right. So we ended up going to church with them. And ended up, Tammy knew some of the people that went there. You know, she grew up with some of them. So they came by and visited us, so we became members, and that was Parkview Baptist Church. Okay. When they met at Covenant Christian, gotcha. and then we was there when they built the new building out on Highway 72, right. and was there with Brother Don Singleton. He was yeah. the pastor at that yeah. time. And we were young believers, so, you know, Brother Don preaches expository, and he was filling us full of gospel truth, you yeah. know, and the the Bible truth. I remember Nehemiah, you know, preaching through Nehemiah verse by verse, yeah. which is where we first was exposed to that. Yeah, okay. And went to there for seven years. And then through circumstances that God laid again, we felt that we needed like more. Not exactly sure why, but God led us here to First Baptist. Yeah. 
you know, we knew about Brother Jeff. We'd heard him on the radio. That's right. how we were exposed to his preaching. And actually, when I was at Parkview, I got baptized here because when I got saved in Florida, the baptism was not something that was talked about. So I had never been baptized after my salvation. Okay, okay, gotcha. So while we were at Parkview, I got baptized in the old sanctuary's baptism yeah. here at, gotcha. at First Baptist. Okay. I think it was after the church services, we came on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. That's the way we did it because yeah. we didn't have a baptism. Sure, yeah. So so what year is that when you guys get to what was then First Baptist of Muscle Shoals? Do you remember? 1999. Okay, so 1999. July, we joined. Okay, all right, good. Okay, so you, you get here to uh, to Grace Life, and so you've already you've been at Parkview, and so you, I mean, Brother Don is a wonderful expositor of God's Word, and so that's something that you're accustomed to. But do you remember kind of your first time here at Grace Life? Yeah, did you attend a small group? Did you? just come to the service uh give me some details here on what that was like well we was in the old auditorium right the chapel now okay we came i don't know if it's a wednesday night but this is so funny because we came in it, it was packed we sat on the very back pew we got somebody's seat i don't know whose seat we got but um <laughs> somebody it was a, a guy came by it was an older man picked up his bible didn't say hi at that time Y'all made somebody mad. I think first so. Time I really think that I shared that a lot when I talk about how we came to, to church here because he picked up the Bible but didn't welcome us, didn't say hi, you know. Let, let's stop right here and remind all the Grace Life <laughs> listeners that that's not the type of church member you want to be. You do not own a pew or a seat here in this church, and so welcome those who are new visitors. Okay, Tammy, you can continue. But it just kind of shocked me because I told Chris, I said, I think we got somebody's seat. And uh, so he picked up his Bible, turned, and just walked away. We came back. You know, we kept coming back and uh, sitting on the Brother Jeff's preaching because I I would sit and listen to Brother Jeff a lot. Yeah. Did y'all really, know anybody here? The only person I knew was Michelle and Norman because they okay, were cause here. They were here. Yeah, but, okay. I couldn't um, remember if they were here first or if y'all were they here. They were, but I don't remember the how long they were here before we came or anything right. like that. One of my friends came here and she was married here. Okay. Um, her and her husband, but they no longer go here right now. But I just remember that. And then I think Brother Jeff was in Revelation at the time when we came. Yeah, yeah, Revelation. It would have been that time. Um, about about chapter eighteen, if I remember right, yeah. somewhere right in there. Yeah, because that was I, I haven't been. We hadn't been exposed to that part of expository preaching. So right. you're you're hearing all this for the first time and trying to dig into the prophetic side of it and just understand what the scriptures meaning for you. So it was it was. You know, a fire hose kind of of yeah, sort. Yeah, Amen. to Good. start hearing all that. Gotcha. What What about a small group? Did you? I mean, obviously, at some point, you guys plugged into a small yes. group. Did you guys go the couples route? Did you guys go men's and ladies classes? No, because we were pretty at, at our former church. You know, Chris and I taught a couples class there. Okay. Um, we worked with Awanas and all those type of things, so I was familiar about going on my own. I didn't want to like just go to a couples class. Gotcha. So I think I was in Lisa Knight's class, okay. Betty Ann Crawford. Yeah. Betty Ann and I went to our former church together okay. before she came here. And so I was in their class. I remember it being a lot of people in there, yeah. you know, different from where I came from. But um, that's the first person I remember was Lisa Knight. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. Chris, how about you? You remember first small group? Johnny Howard. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and Steve Bradley, I don't know if he was just over that group, but he would be in there a lot. Okay. He wasn't the teacher or the outreach leader, but he was just right. around a lot. Yeah. Okay. So I got to meet Steve Bradley and Johnny Howard. They were... This gotcha. is where I plugged in first. Gotcha. Good. So in the old choir loft in a rickety kind of room. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's hard to remember some of these renovations we've had yeah. through the years. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Somewhere up there in one yeah. of those rooms that had not not a lot of been done with it and it just was made into small group space, right? Yeah. A bunch of old paneling on the Yeah, wall. it was a big <laughs> yeah. room. Yellow carpet, maybe? Was that a yellow carpet room at that time? I don't remember yellow carpet. No. No, it was gone by then. Oh, okay. All right. 
Yeah, we've had a lot of ugly carpet that we've had to replace mm-hmm. through the years here at Grace Life. It was, uh, all of it was probably cool looking 40 years ago, but anyway. All right, so 99, that's 1999. We're at 2023 now. So, um, you know, 23, 24 years you guys have been here now. So, I, and I know this is a big question, and, and probably we could talk for hours on this, but, you know, just talk to me about how God has worked in your lives, transformed your lives for His glory, for your joy in the past 23-ish years at Grace Life. That can include uh, opportunities you've had to serve. Uh, it could include, man, when Brother Jeff began to preach through this, that really began to, to you know, change my heart even more. I, you know, it could include any of all those things. So talk to me a little bit about the last 23-ish years here at Grace Life and how the Lord's worked in your lives. Well, I, um, we went through finished Revelation. It took a little bit of time, but mm-hmm. that's when I remember him starting into Ephesians, mm-hmm. which we haven't been through. That I remember Brother Don going through a, a gospel book like Ephesians, and I just remember in him, everything was in him. Yeah. That's the, that was the key words of that whole service. Mm-hmm. I mean, that whole book that he was preaching was in Christ. Yeah. So everything was in him. And, you know, that was... You know, eye-opening for me mm-hmm. to to know that everything is about Christ. It's not about me. You know, my life is not for me. It's to bring Him glory. Yeah. So a glory of God focus. You know, yes. Jeff uses that terminology yes. a lot. And, yeah, I, I would say Ephesians is probably one of those books that, you know, the Spirit of God used that in all of our lives in some way to kind of take us out of the the central focus of our lives and hopefully establish the glory of God as the reason that we are here. And I, 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 probably if you would have asked all of us who were here at that time, we would have said, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the glory of God. But but from a, uh, I don't know, a real, not only a practical perspective, but from a theological perspective, God used the preaching through Ephesians, I think, to, to really solidify that that's who we are. Mm-hmm. We are here to glorify God. And everything else is secondary at that point. So, I agree. Yeah, yeah, amen. So, Tammy, how about you, some, some things? About the same as Chris's. I mean, you know, we, Ephesians was really um, good for me. I was amen to everything on that because that's how I felt when Brother Jeff was preaching. I believed that. I mean, I'm so thankful that I didn't have, I didn't grow up in a certain way, like you have to do this, this, and this. Yeah. I just heard the gospel. It changed me. I was hungry for God's word. Coming to Grace Life was balance for me through the years that I've been here. I have found wonderful balance in God that I don't have to... I do want to come to church, but when I if if I have a, a headache, it's okay that you miss. Before I was so legalistic that I could not even miss. But now there's freedom in Christ. Yeah. So I yeah. learned that through all the years of Brother Jeff preaching, and I mean through you preaching, and you know Brother Steve preaching, just balance. Mm-hmm. And I love the Lord. I love that that yeah. I can live life pleasing to Him because of what He did, not what. I have. I don't have right. to perform. Yeah. Amen. And there's a desire just to live a godly life. And I was thinking back on things, you know, just trials in your own life, whether it's marriage, whether it's your children, just having the church body and the elders of our church just to be there and to lead us. Because there could have been many times that we could run away, but but God kept us here through just different things that happened, and that means a lot to me that I was that God did that for us. Yeah. And that we grew in the Lord, right? according, you know, from his word, that everything that we do is to please God. Set your feelings aside. Amen. Put them behind you, Mm -hmm. but do what's right, no matter what. Amen. 
You guys, talk to me. I ask this question on the podcast a lot because I think it's an important one. Um, talk to me a little bit about maybe some people who've made an impact on your life. Obviously, the, we've talked already about the preaching of God's Word, whether it was at the Shoals Bible Baptist Church or whether it was Don Singleton at Parkview or obviously here at Grace Life. And God's Word is always the prime mover in our lives and has been throughout redemptive history. But uh, He also uses people. And particularly, he uses people in the local church to influence and impact our lives for his glory. So talk to me about some people that have made an impact in your life through the years that you've been here at Grace Life. And, you know, I, I know people are always like, man, I, I don't want to leave anybody out. I, this is not, I don't, I'm not saying you have to list every one yes. of them, but maybe just some relationships you've had. That you said, you know, hey, God used that person, God used that class, uh, you know, to, to really impact my life. Well, I mean, we had, Tammy had mentioned that we had taught classes at the church before we came here. But when I got here, what I, the person I remember most probably was you, Brother Matt. Good. Because you have, you had just gotten into your ministry. Right. You'd been, you'd going to school. I remember them videoing you, but you were the one of the few first ones that encouraged me to kind of get back into that teaching, helping mm-hmm. in the youth. When yeah. You first yeah. I remember, yeah both of you guys, I guess when I was working students, I guess both of you at one point or another were teaching student classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so I got back in, so I guess you were probably yeah. one of the ones at that time, Amen. you know, and then I kind of got into the camera stuff, which brother Tim was a big influence in that because yep. I knew nothing about any of that, <laughs> that world. So uh, I've, yeah. what, what I've learned from him, you and him, right. Yeah. Probably the two that influenced that Amen. I remember. Amen. Tammy, how about you? Well, you know, I, I taught in the youth, and I think it was with Kristen. Uh, we taught, I think it was 11th and 12th grade, maybe a little younger. Those dates are kind of, I just missed a little bit. But yeah. anyway, well, they all run can't remember everything. Point, so yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember, I don't remember if somebody asked me to teach, but I was scared to death because I've never, you know, I was just scared. It's right. a big church. You were just, just scared. But the Lord did that for me. I was allowed to teach some classes, then got into a ladies' class. Mm-hmm. So Kristen is a, a very, uh, your wife, Kristen, and of course you, Brother Matt, um, have been have played a, a big role for, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, just watching you, how you raised your children, those type of things, just a, just a big influence on that. And then I don't remember being in a lot of ladies' classes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've taught for a long time, but um, I know Liz Shari was a very, just a, she was my accountability partner for many years, learned a lot of scriptures, her and I did. So that helped me, just being with Kristen sharing live our lives together those type of things yeah. and, and of course lisa not i mean i remember being in her mm-hmm. class but i don't remember anybody else's class i was in yeah I, that i can recall right yeah. now no that's fine I, I was in our 12th grade class when we did the age groups you know of right. our children i remember that right. and i think i think liz was that teacher at that okay. time as well gotcha. um so those well, are the I, I know i know my wife would would echo that you played a real formative part in her life. And our kids were young, yes. I guess, when y'all would have yes. been teaching. And goodness, you know, Chris and I had kids early, and we were just like, okay, how, how do we survive this? You know, and, like, and so I know you were a good sounding board for Kristen yes. at times, you know, with kids. And goodness, we drug, drug kids to camp huh. and everywhere else with us. And, you know, uh, it was fun, fun yes, time. So really. I actually was, I was looking through some files yesterday on something, and I pulled a, an old like middle school or high school camp folder. I don't even know why I was looking at it, and I just it was kind of nostalgic. It was kind of mm-hmm. like man, I remember because y'all's you know girls' names were on there and things of that sort, and so yeah, fun times. So, amen. Well, um, Tammy, I, I want to circle back to to something and and see if you can help some listeners here because you you had some difficult times growing up. God changes your life, saves you, as you said, gives you purpose. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I, I think in today's world especially, I was having a conversation with someone just recently, people are almost encouraged in our current day and time to just be a victim. Mm-hmm. Hey, your bad stuff happened. That's just who you're going to be. That's who you're going to be from now on. And, hey, maybe you can struggle through it. But And, and I, I made this – this is not a Bible verse. I have a Bible verse for this, but I was – encouraging this person uh, in this conversation. I said, you know, it's legitimate that you can be a victim. Bad things can happen to us and do happen to us. But that's different than living with a victim mentality that says, hey, my identity is in what has happened to me. And Tammy, it seems like God has given you grace through the years, and that's part of your testimony to, yeah, had some some tough times, had some, some bad stuff, but God changed my heart. Not that that's been easy sailing always, but um, can you encourage folks that, that maybe maybe they've faced some difficult? I'm not saying they faced exactly the same thing you did, but, you know, I, how has that played out in your life? And how has God encouraged you and brought you through that time to where you're saying, hey, yeah, that happened, but God made me new yeah. and, and I've got to live for him. Talk to me yeah. about that just a little bit. Well, I think as I grew in Christ and sitting in the preaching of the word, mm-hmm. forgiveness, I heard about forgiving Right. That you must forgive others. Yeah. And um, I was at the former church that I was at. I remember God vividly saying, you must forgive the person that uh, abused you. Mm-hmm. Um, you must forgive your biological mother. Right. Um, you must forgive other people that's hurt you. And also you must not live with that feeling of you're nothing mm-hmm. because God has saved you. Now you walk in a way that is pleasing to me. So for me, I, I feel that God, through, through teaching me about forgiveness, that even though I was raised this, this way, it's not who I am because I'm a new creation. Yeah. Amen. So the Lord just worked on me of really just, it's not about me. I mean, yeah. really, I didn't learn that until I came to Grace Life at that time, but it's right. not about me. Yeah. Even though I was raised that way, mm-hmm. it's still my sin. Yeah. And so I was just wanting to please the Lord. I wasn't looking at how I was abused, right. so to speak. I, I just, that's not who I was. That's not, God created me for a purpose. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a mistake. God loved me. He died for me. You know, he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. So that has been everything for me. Yeah. I don't look back on my life and, oh gosh, you know, I can't believe that happened. You know, it's who I am. It's part of my testimony. It's mm-hmm. how God, uh, it's what God had for me. Yeah. And um, it was very, very difficult. But he, he's the one that has sustained me. He's the one that has kept me from going crazy, so to speak. He's given me joy in all the trials. Mm -hmm. And I still, you know, even at the age that I am, at 54, I still have to tear those down sometimes. Yeah, sure. That's the fight of of repentance. It is. Right? And But I think the biggest thing, Brother Matt, is that I, even though I didn't have this wonderful, perfect family or this wonderful father that I grew up with. But when I became a Christian and I learned that, that God is my father, that God is my daddy, he's my spiritual father. I don't long for that anymore. I don't look at life going, oh, you know, I didn't have a dad growing up. Nobody wanted me, you know, he is my purpose. And I didn't want to stay in that dark, dark place that I was. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to stay where I was. And it's really nothing I did. I mean, it's God that has opened up a whole new world to me through the gospel. Hmm. And he's the one that has given me joy and life. 
and the reason to live. So I think as a victim, I think you can stay there mm-hmm. through, but until Christ changes you, yeah. I feel like you'll always be that victim. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. No, that's good. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, sometimes hopefully not here at Grace Life, but there are those people that would say, well, you know, preaching all that heavy doctrine, you know, we just need to give people practical lessons from the Bible. And, you know, and Tammy, what I hear you saying is, look, it was a robust God-centered theology that was preached from God's Word, taught from God's Word, that most helps us to say, it's not about me, and it's not about what might have happened or what might could have happened or what didn't happen? You know, it, it's about the Lord, and the Lord has done this work in my life, and now He is the centerpiece. Um, yeah, I think it was John Piper one time that said, He is the sun of our solar system and our lives now, and everything revolves around Him, living for Him, glorifying Him. And so uh, it, you are correct. It is still the gospel and a robust preaching of that gospel that does truly give hope. Uh, you know, I, we live in a world that is obviously— is, is not hearing that enough, you know, and, and, and sadly, even in some evangelical circles, they're looking to things beside the gospel to be what they give people hope with, and it's, they're just not going to find it. But we do find it in Christ, Amen. and we do find it in His gospel, and um, that's definitely where both of you guys have found your joy and your hope, and that is your Grace Life story. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing with us today. And uh, as always, look forward to seeing how the Lord's going to continue the Grace Life story in the future. All right? Thank you. Amen. We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story. As members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.